Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi Minute. Hey everybody, my guest today on In a Mississippi Minute is a true giant. Not only meaning his six foot three frame, but in the world of TV, film, and even an author of a best-selling book. He does things his way and does them often. Is true to his beliefs and faith, and as he professes in his films such as God's Not Dead, his latest movie Let There Be Light, and of course, his breakthrough starring role in the hugely globally successful TV series Hercules. Please welcome Hercules himself, Kevin Sorbo. Hey, buddy, what's up? It's good to be here with you, sir. <laughs> are you? Uh, where are you? I'm, I'm back home. I've been on the road again. I, I've been doing a lot of promotional work for my the DVD release of Let There Be Light, my latest movie, which you kind of touched on there, and. Uh, just home for a day, and I'm, I'm, I'm on the road again tomorrow. I'm heading to Hunts, Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah, you, you know, it's funny. You travel so much. I mean, how many days a year do you feel like you're home versus being on the road? Gosh, you know, it's at least 50-50 probably. I'm not, you know, I fly a lot, but I every trip, you know, I take one of my three kids with me because I don't want to feel like I'm gone on the road without <laughs> yeah, them. And, yeah. and they, they're used to it, and they love to travel, and they get to go to the places and see other things. And, uh, you know, you and I both love golf, so I'll throw in a, a little a golf round with one of my two boys as well. My my daughter's not quite into it as much, but she loves to drive the golf cart sitting on my lap. You know. Yeah, oh, I love it. I love it. You know, it's funny. I, I was thinking the other day, or any time I pass a Waffle House or whatever, I think of the bus and the kids. So I would take the boys, especially. Always felt a little bit worried about taking our daughter. She was too young, and just the you know the overprotection, the overprotected dad. I felt like you know you know maybe I was. Uh, she's tougher than both of them, but but I didn't know that at the time. But uh, uh, the boys, I you know, we'd lay back. They'd have the PlayStation. They'd get off and go to the Waffle House. I mean, they were young, but I wanted to spend time with them. And then the tough part was once they started getting to the age of school, and then you know, I had to leave them. They had to go to school. You know, I, I was really gone. Sometimes two hundred and fifty days a year. So wow. I remember that being tough, tough on me. And uh, eventually, uh, 
it was uh, the big move to Greenville, Mississippi, that moving from Nashville after all that time that really finally gave me the time to be with them in their school days, you know, so it was a blessing. Well, you know, for me, um, you know, we homeschool, so when I go on the road to shoot a movie, um, unless I'm just going to go and they're going to cram me in in four or five days, because sometimes I tell them, I go, look, I can't give you two, three weeks, so you better shoot all my scenes in a week. Um, right. Anything more than a week, the whole family travels with me, so that's, you know, that's one of the advantages of, of homeschooling the kids, they're, they're able to hit the road, and, you know, whatever city we go to, we actually study a little bit about that city and that state, just so they learn a little bit about where we're at and the history of that place, and, uh, it's um you know it's it's worked out great and they love it i mean they're just used to that lifestyle right right well that's and if you're going to spend time with them and, and be not a single parent be be you know joined uh mother father uh, being around all the time it's the only way it's going to work for you especially because i can come and go you're set on a on a set you know you're there for sometimes weeks and sometimes a month right making making films oh yeah there's no question i mean I think I think one of their favorite ones was they keep saying, "Dad, get another get another movie in Hawaii." Because I saw a movie there called Soul Surf for the Bethany Hamilton story. The girl right. lost her arm to a tiger shark attack while she was surfing. Um, we were there for two months, and um, you'd never seen kids finish their homework so quick. You know, we <laughs> they gave us a great three bedroom condo about 50, 50 meters from the water, so they were done by eleven o'clock every morning with their work, so they could go hit the beach. But uh, it was a great gig for me, too, because, you know, Dennis Quaid. And that was something on my list. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about sure. Soul Surfer. Uh, you know, just, you know, I know that you love this role. I love you. I know you, you believed in this project. Yeah, well, I, I think most people, you know, heard of that story when this little 13-year-old girl lost her arm um, to a tiger shark attack in the north shore of Kauai. How she reacted to it was amazing to me and amazing to many people. Here's a 13-year-old going on these talk shows afterwards of, you know, she was minutes away from dying, and she says that this was God's message for her to spread God's word, which is incredible. How many, how many adults would have reacted that way and said a feeling sorry for themselves? But right, she, right. She went out there and just, it, it was incredible. What an emotional and powerful uh, woman she was. I mean, little teen, but she was on set every single day, every day, and she was wonderful to work with. Because, you know, she's like six one now, and she still went and surfing championships with yeah. one arm so okay. it, it was fun and for dennis and i um who's also a golf nut uh, we had we had three four days off every week and arnold palmer um was it was a dear friend i got to meet him through um peter jacobson back in the right. late 90s and we remained friends up until his passing in fact i got a letter from him just about about six months before he passed away telling me how much he loved my westerns and that's on my wall wow. right now i'm wow. looking at it as we talk so um, but he set up golf for us there at the Turtle Bay Golf Course. We shot up on the North Shore of Hawaii. So, so Dennis and I played three days a week. It was a pretty good trip for me too. So Dennis is Dennis. I've gotten to know him on stage. You know, obviously uh, we were at the we were at the BMW, and I just got gotten off stage with our band, uh, and and I had all my. I think that was the year we sort of my band sort of was the the you know the Friday night. Uh, you know, uh, down there uh, on the on the waterfront, oh, yeah. and he was playing with us, and and he didn't have any guitars, and I had I had like my fourteen lined up in my case, and he goes, I said, Dennis, you need some guitars. I heard, and he goes, Would you let me play it? Like he was so dramatic, you know, <laughs> like he's in character already <laughs> from doing great balls of fire. You know, so so I'm sitting there going like, Yeah, he goes, Really? Like he was so such. I said, Dennis, you can use them all, and like just. Thank you. You know, like the way he was, I mean, he was in character already. He's but, an intense guy. He really is. Yeah. And he, he's, uh, he's got a movie coming out here soon uh, called, um, oh, my gosh, come on. 
It's from the Mercy Me group. I can only imagine. And that's, he's, he's awesome in it. Uh, the Irwin brothers shot that. Uh, they're out of, based out of Birmingham, and they shot that and uh, sent me a, the, the, the screener before it came out. And Dennis it does an incredible job in this movie. So I'm, I'm, I'm plugging someone else's movie. That's but all right. Like that's all right. You guys will work together again. He'll thank you, or you could just keep taking his money, because I know you're, you're a better stick than his on the golf course. Cause I've I seen, know. He's pretty you. good. Is he pretty good? Really? Huh. Yeah. Wow. We're talking to Kevin Sorbo. You know him very well uh, as Hercules. How about your How about your wife, Sam? Everybody okay? The kids are still Everybody's good. Everybody's fantastic. Sam actually traveled with me on this latest go around to, to plug the DVD release of Let There Be Light because she uh, stars in it with me, and she actually wrote. Wow. Yeah, my two boys are in the movie as well. Yeah, you know she wrote this script. It's a great script. We brought in another writer, uh, Dan Gordon, who's a very uh, high-profile writer. He was up for an Academy Award for his original screenplay that he wrote for Denzel Washington called The Hurricane. If you remember that movie, yeah, oh, absolutely, I loved it. Loved he wrote, he wrote White Earp with Kevin Costner, one of my favorite westerns. He was the showrunner on Michael Landon's show uh, Highway to Heaven, and uh, he read the script and did a rewrite on it and. Within two weeks of that script being done, I get a call out of the blue from Sean Hannity from Fox Cable, and he says, Kevin, he goes, he goes like this, Sorbo, Hannity, um, I, I, I loved your God's Not Dead and What If movies. I want to do one like that. You got one like that? And we said, <laughs> well, actually, we just finished the script. We flew to New York. We pitched him, and 30 minutes later, he wrote a check for $4 million. Come on. Yeah. And but- within six months, we were filming in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, you know, six months later, the movie came out, and... We shot that movie for about 2.3 million. We used the other 1.7 to promote it. People don't realize you got to spend money promoting oh, movies yeah. too. And so, a four million dollar movie overall uh, with P and A made over uh, seven and a half million uh, in box office, which is you know unheard of for an independent movie. And now we're in about 40 countries, and the DVD release is uh, is coming up here. You can get the DVD through Walmart. Or you can order through Amazon right now. So, and uh, so it's that's a great that's the way, right? Movie. It's a faith-based movie, and it's uh, it's a great story about uh, hope, redemption, love, faith, all that stuff. Okay, and so and that's where you that's where you have been spending a lot of time uh, making film, uh, and exp- you know you express that so much uh, as of the last i mean i guess handful of years you've you've sort of been all in was there a was there a place uh where you felt compelled to express your faith in your work not really i mean i, I didn't move to hollywood i'm from a little town in minnesota but i grew up playing hazeltine country club but you know that one from yeah, the Ryder cup yeah, of course but, um you know i came out here and uh you know i i hit the right acting classes and was getting guest spots on cheers and murder she wrote commiss shows like that uh, Hercules obviously was the big thing that catapulted me into uh, uh, the worldwide uh, fame, I guess. We were in 176 countries at its peak and passed Baywatch as the most watched show in the world. And then that opened up the door for my second series, Andromeda, for all you Gene Roddenberry fans. Mm-hmm. I loved uh, the original Star Trek series, and Andromeda was the first show ever written by Gene Roddenberry after Star Trek finished. But a buddy of mine came to me in 2011, and he said, Hey, look, I got this film, this, this script, and uh, my... my I, you know, really good guys wrote it. My dad's financing it. The guy's name was Dallas Jenkins. His father's Jerry Jenkins, who wrote the Left Behind series, the novels. And um, I shot Left. I shot What If, and loved it. It was my first really faith-based type of movie, and it did very well. It's the Pure Felix guys, the same guys who I did God's Not Dead with a couple years later. 
And to me, that's still one of my all-time favorite. Now, movies. What If was the one you reached out to me. Didn't I have a couple songs in What If? Or, you had a couple songs in What If, sir. Yeah. Yes, you yes, did. Yes, <laughs> so. yes, I like it. I, we're with Kevin Sorbo. We're going to continue in a second. We're going to head to a break. I'm Steve Azar. You are in a Mississippi Minute. Stand by. The Super Talk app. Pop it in. Pop it in. And turn it on. Listen to your favorite shows anytime you darn well please. The Super Talk app. It's free. Download the Super Talk app now. 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 In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey everybody, I'm Steve Azar. We are with the fabulous Kevin Sorbo. And uh, Kevin Sorbo and I have known each other for a number of years. We played some golf together. And uh, he's just always working in our business. There's never seems to be a gap. You never say I'm going on vacation unless you're going to work. And that's amazing to me. And you do it your way. We've talked about agents and managers and all this. Uh, if I've been paying attention right. Uh, throughout the, all these years, you do a lot of this yourself, if not all of it now, right? Uh, pretty much. I mean, I have a manager. I was with one of the big dogs for years. Yeah. I was with ICM for 17 years. They made a boatload of money off of me, but yeah. um, I found them not really doing their job after my second series ended, so I formed my own production company. Um, and since 2005, I've shot 55 movies now, and I would say 40 of those movies I got on my own. So I do have a manager, and I told her flat out, I said, look, I get a lot of people coming to me, I'm not going to give you a percentage of that if you're not, you know, you're not in the loop. If you don't know about these projects, you can get not, away with that being Hercules. You know that. Yeah, you? you know. Well, you get tired of it. You know, yeah. I get tired of the, <laughs> the laziness of within this industry. And of course, you got the politics, and you got, you know, right. there's all kinds of stuff within Hollywood, just like any other business, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I do most of the stuff on my own, and uh, uh, it's it's been a great experience. I've learned a lot. I started directing back in the Hercules years, so I've been DGA for a long time as well, and I directed. Let There Be Light, which we were just talking about a little while ago. And uh, I've got a couple more on my plate that uh, we're, we're going to try to get financing for. That's the biggest thing is to try to find the money out there for any, no matter what the movie is, you know. Well, you're impressive when you walk in because, you know, you're together. You know what I mean? You're together in every aspect of your life, uh, except for your schedule when we've been trying to get you to come down the Delta Soul and then you get work. I know. But, no, that's every a joke. Year. That's a you joke. You guys have been good for me that way. You guys, I keep working because of you. Well, no, no. I'd rather you work. You know, we have a deal. All of us have a deal. We have, you know, if you got work, you go work because that's what we want you to be doing and I want to be doing it. Um, it's funny. I had a huge gig offered last year. I remember during the Delta Soul, but. I didn't get that. I, I had to stay here, and and uh, it, and and obviously it was worth <laughs> worth staying here. But it's funny how some of the bigger ones come in. Uh, it was overseas, and I and I remember getting it, and like going like, no, 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 don't tell me it's that date, you know. And it was, it was right in the smack middle of it. But I I, I didn't have the luxury of of skipping out on my own charity event. But we're we're gonna get you here eventually, you and Sam and the kids. It'll you'll you'll enjoy it down here. Oh, in I know. I mean, all different. the other celebs you bring out there tell me how much fun it is and how great yeah. it is. And uh, you know me, I love I love the golf, and I, I've got yeah. a couple coming up here now that I. That, that you never know. They may change if I get work. So oh, no, no, as a no. knob, I'm going to do a couple. Work is king. Work is king. All right, okay, so we've touched on Let There Be Light. Is there anything else you want to say about it? Because that, that's your current film. I love the fact that your wife wrote it. Uh, we're talking to Kevin Sorbo. His new film, latest film, is Let There Be Light. But you put them out so so many so fast. So any more on Let There Be Light? 
Um, yeah, I just wanted to tell your listeners out there, go to check, if you haven't seen this movie, you've got to check it out. It's a wonderful, wonderful family movie. Um, like I said, if we had had a bigger budget to promote it, this thing, I mean, it still did very well. Look, we open up against Thor and against Star Wars, and we were the number two movie per screen average three weeks in a row. I went out and did over 100 interviews the two weeks leading up, radio and television leading up to the release of the movie. I mean, the whole idea is to get it out there. We don't have a budget like Pirates of the Caribbean and Thor and those kind of movies. Where right. They literally will shoot those movies for $250 million, and they'll put another $125 million into just promoting it. So you see it on every television commercial during a sporting event, whatever. We were word of mouth. I mean, we are really just word of mouth out there. I mean, and, how does that uh, even work? To, I mean, I know the fan base. I get it. And I know that 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 the history as of late, uh, how consistent and successful you've been with your films. Uh, I get it, okay? But... In the business, in the days of promotion and everything, and so many networks, uh, the the seems like the movie theaters. You got to have a theatrical release, but it seems like the movie theaters are are slumping, uh, and and people just want to watch film and movies and TV shows on their own time, on their own way, uh, without commercials, you know, without interruption, and they're in their own space. So how does that work? How does that work? Well, you know, it's, it's movie making. It's it's tough because, like I said, you're up against the big boys. Hollywood doesn't do a lot of original ones. I mean, as you see, when they do uh, the, the repeats of Pirates of the Caribbean and Avengers, and it's all over and over again. And those keep making money for them. So I get it. So right. the small independent market out there has definitely been growing, but it's tough to find space. I mean, we when we're able to open up, we manage to make it to 800 theaters. Well, you know, these movies are open up in you know 4,000 theaters. They're taking up all the space. So. Right. You, you, it, it really comes down to word of mouth. I used to get stopped all the time going through airports. Hey, loved you on Hercules, loved you on Andromeda. I get 80% <laughs> of the time now. Yeah. Make more movies like What If and God's Not Dead and Let There Be Light. Make, we want more of that. Right. Well, you know what? It's a business, and you've got to support it. I, I know there's a lot of families. There's tens and tens and tens of millions of families out there in what Hollywood calls the flyover states right. that want movies that have a good message, that deliver strong values, morals, great storylines, in the movies that, that I'm doing, I've been very fortunate to get amazing scripts. And I have a, a number of other ones. Well, you, you, as artists, we want to constantly evolve. I remember, obviously, my first hit was I Don't Have to Be Meet on Monday. People saw, saw and knew me as that. And then there was Waiting on Joe, of course, which was, to me, was was really my uh, was my sort of like my pre epitaph, you know. I mean, it was it was really who I was as a human being and my surroundings, and we captured that. But you know, uh, everybody sort of you know goes oh you I don't have to be Mito Monday guy like uh, you were Hercules and and then 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 people started to gravitate toward my ballad my sensitive side as they like with sunshine and all that and I'm going like well I can only be the sunshine guy sensitive so often so so but but in my world uh, with streaming it, we're dealing with the same thing uh, you guys were the big brother to the music in music business we always the the word on the street was while napster came out and all that the word was that well the the film business is going to movie business is going to take care of us big brother is going to come rescue us and uh, we're going to be fine and that didn't happen so uh streaming with with in the music business and, and all this really we're not there yet uh, it's cheap to make records now. I mean, you can make them hardly for anything, but you still have to promote them. You still have to get it out there. There's so much content, and and it's tougher, I think, for uh, a singer songwriter to sort of make his way through all of the uh, all the clouds of uh, you know the tons of of content and and music that keeps coming out. So we've got a little bit of an issue still 
And I think it's going to take years and years in Congress to get it right. Anyway, we're with Kevin Sorbo, and I've been rambling. I'm Steve Azar. You're inside a Mississippi Minute. Uh, Kevin has let there be light out. Take us to the Hercule days. Tell me how you got that role. Yeah, I got the job the way you get any job in Hollywood. You know, your agent calls you up and says, hey, they're looking for such a type of guy to play Hercules, blah, blah, blah. I want to go meet with the, uh, the casting people. So I met with them. They actually called me back seven times over two months. So wow. I was getting to the point like, oh, guys, make up your mind. But they looked at over 2,800 actors in North America for that role. And mm. uh, it just seemed like I was going back pretty much every seven to ten days. And on the very last day, I was down to the last three guys for the role. And um, Did I you have at, the hair? Was the hair already there? The hair was longish, but it wasn't as long as it was that uh, in the series. I mean, the first year, we did five two-hour movies. Um, and I had, um, I had extensions in. But okay. the season's... Uh, of the one-hour series uh, in seasons two through seven, um, that was that was all me. But it, it was funny when I got up in front of uh, you know it was like forty people there at Universal, all the decision makers, and led by um, Sam Raimi, who was my executive producer. And people know Sam Raimi from directing. He did all the Evil Dead movies, and then of course he got really famous by directing the first three Spider-Man movies and a number of other films he did. And, um, you know, I finally said, guys, what do you want from me? And they said, no, we like what you're doing, and, and just do it one more time. So I did it, and then uh, Sam hits the woman next to him, gives a little nudge, and she says, oh, okay, I'm supposed to ask you to take your shirt off. So, <laughs> and I've always been in good shape. I've always worked out. Um, so I, I took off my shirt, and the, she went, oh, okay, like that. And Sam, said, <laughs> Sam goes, so would you uh, be willing to shave your chest and stomach if you got the roll? Um, I wasn't overly hairy, but I got a man, little man cover there, right, you know, and right. I looked at him and I said, oh, I thought you wanted a man for this role, and I started to walk out of the room, and I got a big laugh. So I, um, I, uh, I left the next day to shoot an episode of The Commish with Michael Chiklis up in Vancouver, and three days later, my manager called me and said, hey, you got the role. You are now Hercules, and uh, flipped me out. It was so cool, and I knew it was, just, it was supposed to just be one year. It was going to be five two-hour movies. Anthony Quinn played Zeus. I got to work with the great, late Anthony Quinn. Wow for a whole wow. year, and um, yeah, I mean, I went right into training right away. The two months before filming started, I, I studied with a guy named Douglas Wong. Douglas Wong was one of Bruce Lee's original students. And he taught me the White Lotus Kung Fu method. We did all kinds of weaponry. I mean, it was just a blast, you know. As an, as an ex-athlete, it was fun in my 30s to kind of feel like I'm an athlete again, you know, and went down to New Zealand, and it was uh, the first two years. It was uh, set six days a week. I was working door-to-door, probably anywhere between 16 to 18 hours a day. They realized they were killing me by season three, so we went to a regular five-day week, but I was still 16 to 18 hours door-to-door and lifting weights two hours a day and maybe averaging four hours of sleep. So it was, uh, it was, it was exhausting, but I, you know what? I loved it. I'm not complaining. I had such a blast. And so you did your own stunts as well, correct? I did the majority of them. There was a couple that my stunt double Sam would do for me. Like if I had to be in a tree and jumped into the tree, I said, you can do that one. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But I did all the fight scenes on the ground and certainly all the weapon stuff. That was me. I had a blast doing it. My stunt guys were amazing. They made me look like a big stud for sure. What did you get? Did you ever have any serious injuries? Like uh, a physical? I got nailed with, with swords and stuff, stitches. I got hit in the head one time with the back of a sword, woke up in the hospital with a concussion and 12 st- stitches yeah. and luckily I got hit with the with the with the flat part of the blade had hit me with the actual blade I probably wouldn't be here talking to you right now right um, uh, the worst thing that happened to me was at the end of season five I was having problems with my left arm I couldn't figure it out 
And before the doctors could really put a, a, a grip on what it was, ended up being an aneurysm in my left. Uh, yeah. Now we're gonna wheel. we're gonna we're gonna take a break, and we're gonna talk about that because that All to right. me is a whole section. I'm with Kevin Sorbo, the Herculean, uh, incredible actor, great friend. I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi minute. We'll be right back. Super Talk Mississippi on your radio, your computer, and on your smart device. I just kind of stream it online. Yeah, online. Listen online every day. Listen live at supertalk.fm and download the Super Talk app to take Mississippi's best talk with you wherever you go. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey everybody, I'm Steve Azar. You are in a Mississippi Minute. We are with Kevin Sorbo, who is uh, who's in the middle of uh, out, out of post-production and Let There Be Light and uh, ready for that thing to hit the hit the uh, viewing world and, uh, and working on another film. But we're talking about Hercules and your time. When you, and this is what's going to lead to your book. Uh, I want to I talk about your best-selling book and, and, and talk about your, when you found out you had an aneurysm, aneurysm, the strokes, and how you kept it to yourself, how were you able to do all that? So l- let's get into to that part of your life and the book. Well, the studio wanted to keep it quiet, but what, what had happened is I just finished season five of Hercules, having problems with my left arm. I was coming back to America. I lived in New Zealand. I don't know if people know that, but I shot that series for seven years living in New Zealand. And um, I came back to the States to do publicity in my first big-budget movie, which is called Call the Conqueror. And I played Carl, who was the father of Conan the Barbarian in the, in the books and the comic books as well. And uh, I was traveling the country. I was on Letterman, Leno, all the talk shows. And it got to a point that it was killing me. And uh, before they could figure out what it was, it ended up being an aneurysm that completely opened up in my left shoulder, sent hundreds of clots into my left arm. Uh, unfortunately for me, three of those clots managed to make their way to my brain. I suffered three strokes. And I went from a guy that uh, was in you know, better shape than most guys in their 20s at workout, and I'm in my 30s, to a guy that couldn't even stand up and walk. And I was very fortunate on one hand that the, the strokes didn't kill me, that they didn't paralyze me. One went to the balance, one went to speech, one went to vision. Um, took me three years to fully recover from it. I wrote, wow. a, book, I wrote a book called True Strength, My Journey right, from Strength. to Mere Mortal, and How Nearly Dying Saved My Life. People can go online, check it out, or they can go to kevinsorbo.net. They can order it online. I can I can personalize it for them if they want me to do it that way. But well, that book that uh, book tells it all, right? That's the tell all. Tells all. It's, it's autobiographical, but it's also uh, got a lot of humor in there. There's a couple chapters written by people that I worked with on the set of Hercules, and also my wife Sam wrote a couple chapters. But uh, most of it is, is 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 my chapters, and it really uh, it's been amazing. It's opened it actually opened the door for me. I thought I'd never be doing. I do a lot of speaking events. Right. Um, I, I do a speaking events, whether it's motivational, whether it, whether it's dealing with medical issues for people. I speak to hospitals. I spoke to neurologists. You doctors, spoke nurses. to Conway, Arkansas, to my, my in-laws were there, and you met, you met them. Uh, yeah. When you, when you spoke, they told me you were coming, and, uh, and so I was glad that you guys got to meet. They said you were incredible, incredible speaker. Oh, thank you. There's, there's more coming up. And, you know, and, and, and also by doing these faith-based movies, I'm a pro-life guy. I, I believe in Youth for Christ. I played in the basketball league with Fellowship of Christian Athletes for a long time. So, I do a lot of speaking for uh, at, at universities and schools that are, are Christian-based, and like I said, I do a lot of pro-life speaking as well. So 
uh, this whole thing with the book, the injury, and faith-based movies has opened the door for me. I never even thought I'd go down, never entertain. I'd be a speaker one day, but I do quite a bit of it. I do about 15 to 20 a year now for the last Well, you've got to realize, as you live your life, and you, uh, to me, as we live our lives, I'm doing uh, quite a bit of speaking gigs, sort of mixed with storytelling and music. I probably do like 10 a year, 8 to 10 a year, and I enjoy it so much. Yeah. Because, but, but as we've gotten to older and we've gotten closer to the end because we're we're you know a day a day later every time a day closer oh my gosh we we do realize the importance of our faith and the importance of the people in our lives and these journeys that we've been on you know you can't really quite plan it on paper so when you route your life and you think that you've got a control of it it's sort of you know you veer you think you're going right and suddenly you're veering left i just feel like that it's sort of out of our hands in the in that way and what's the chances that you and i both would end up doing any sort of speaking gig and uh it's just it's just amazing it just shows how sometimes it's just and most times it's not in our hands i i'm grateful for the career that i've had um it is frustrating being a conservative and a christian in hollywood where where they scream for tolerance and freedom of speech but it's a one-way street because i'll be honest with you hollywood doesn't call me in for movies anymore they, well, well you don't need them to well, you know, I mean, like I said, the independent world has been great. The indie market has been great. But uh, would I like to do some of the movies they do out there? Sure, I would. But they don't call me. But, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm past that now. And uh, it's, it, I'm busy enough the way it is. And to have these things sort of lead me down this other road that I never thought I'd go on, it's been, it's been a blessing. It's been amazing. And it's been, it's been fun. I love it. I love doing speaking events. I love meeting people. I mean, my book, True Strengths, I've had people that are car crash survivors, cancer survivors, stroke survivors, heart attack, whatever it may be, and they say that the, my book made them stop feeling sorry for themselves. Because that's really right. what it's all about. We're all going to hit that roadblock in our lives if we haven't already. And what are you going to do? You know, we normally blame God. We blame everybody else. We blame whatever. Look in the mirror. That's what you got to do. My wife said, you know what? It happened. What are you going to do now? I love I, that. I got tough love from her, and I needed that tough love. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, because uh, our women that, are because our women are tougher than we are. Oh right? yeah, there's no question. My wife's a New Yorker, so what do yeah. I? I'm, I'm a. Yeah. I, I, I can't stand up against that. Well, mine's from Arkansas, and she's equally as tough. So I mean, it's weird. <laughs> I think it's just women in general. So talking to Kevin Sorbo. So Kevin, uh, here's what I think about indies indie anything now you gotta realize rem was an independent band u2 was independent bruce springsteen although he was on a major label was sort of this guy that did grassroots things uh the film world from the cohen brothers to the fairly brothers to the you know to uh you know uh, i mean anybody i'm just not thinking of they were everybody had their moments of being an indie and then what happens is it becomes a success and it becomes commercial now i know you i know we need music city and and New York and L.A. to make music in Atlanta. And I know you need Hollywood to, to make film and all that. But I do believe that the playing field is is equaling, you know, leveling out. It's becoming more equal because the fact is, I know in my business, that about 40% of all music globally that is ingested in people's hearts and souls is from are, are from independent artists now. And yeah. so I think film-wise, you... You don't need the system anymore. You had the system. It set you up like it set me up. And you have been able, more than most, to be able to take it, just continue on like nothing ever happened. Now, I wanted to get back talking about uh, the, what managers, agents, and you do your own thing. You've got your manager and you've got your, you made your deal uh, talking about, hey, if I get it, you gotta, you you know, you gotta let things slide a little bit. If you get it, you pick the phone up and dial, then you get rewarded. 
off the top with a gross number, you get 15% manager, you got 10% agent. Sometimes you have a business manager, you're almost at around 30%. You take that off the top of your, you know, of your entire being, that's a big number. So uh, <laughs> Kevin and I both choose and to- And you haven't paid taxes yet. So no. you, you, you're, you're lucky if you keep 25 cents of every dollar. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I know. So I do like the fact, and, I, and I'm a lot like that, and having our own record label that opened with a buddy years ago, my buddy Al, um, and we've, uh, we got a lot of content, so it's cool. We've had some cool films, uh, songs and films, cool records, and Oprah putting our record in top things to buy at Christmas, and you know, just had a lot of fun together. And we've done it on our terms, not thinking uh, about boxes. So we're with Kevin Sorbo. So we are the birthplace of American music, the state of Mississippi. And I always like you to play, my guest to play DJ. So tell me, uh, would you like to hear a little bit of Mississippi Mass Choir or John Lee Hooker? Uh, it's called John Lee. Oh, okay. You know, I always get curveballs thrown at me here. You know, I'm thinking we're, we're thinking we're talking all the faith-based movies, but you threw I like that. Jimmy Buffett to... Uh, Mose Allison to, you know, it just B.B. King and Conway Twitty and it just, you know, it never ends. And so everybody always uh, always talks about us uh, as being the place and our governor, Phil Bryan, is celebrating it like nobody else. So I always like to throw kudos and and, and remind people where it all started. And well, you know, for me, I mean, I, I was always an Elvis fan, always. In fact, I just got his DVD on that uh, that uh, was a 1968 comeback special he did on TV. Yeah. And I'm going to have my kids watch that and say, you're going to watch an amazing, amazing artist that, you know, passed away way before his, uh, his, 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 the years that he should have had. I mean, they, if he was still alive today, he'd be on strip in Vegas somewhere. Oh, know? no, no. I know. I know. And Elvis was inspired by a guy like John Lee Hooker. We're with Kevin Sorbo. I'm Steve Azar. You're in a Mississippi Minute. We'll be right back. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Steve Azar on Facebook.com Steve Azar Live and listen to all my music, Steve Azar and Steve Azar and the King's Men, wherever you download or stream. Would you walk that walk and talk that talk and whisper in my ear? Tell me she love me. I love that talk. That baby talk. You knocked me dead Right off my feet How, 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 how Yeah, yeah My baby We're very curious to know where it is you come from. Broadcasting to the world, live from Mississippi in the USA. Super Talk Mississippi at supertalk.fl.fl. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Eight pounds of emptiness. Hey everybody, I'm Steve Azar. You are in a Mississippi Crying Minute. No better place to be uh, with uh, my dear friend Kevin Sorbo. Kevin, so tell me uh, what's up and, and, and what are you working on right now and where are you heading? Well, i got a lot of stuff happening right now. Actually, I do want to talk about Let There Be Light, the movie. Let There Be Light movie is available at Walmart right now, or you can go to Amazon and order it as well. Let There Be Light. Light. Oh, sorry. sorry. 
That's right. Got a great family movie there. Actually, uh, Dion Warwick sings the title song. Travis Tritt's in a movie as well. Travis Tritt, not Steve Azar. Hmm. Not Steve Azar. We'll get to the next one, buddy. Okay, you got it. And then uh, I've got a movie coming out sometime this year called The Reliant, which is a, an action uh, movie dealing with the economic collapse of America. And then uh, I have another faith-based movie called um, uh, One Nation Under God, which we shot down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And that's already done. You've already that's done. Both those movies are done, and they're going to be out. And actually, uh, One Nation Under God. It's a movie about bringing that that into our schools again with the Pledge of Allegiance, and that is going to be one of the few movies that's going to be airing uh, at the end of um, uh, coming up soon, actually in February, or March, at the NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters in Asheville, Tennessee. And uh, then I have, um, I have a great trip that my wife, Sam, and I are hosting to Israel. So all of you who have ever wanted to go to Israel, to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and the Holy Land, go to SorboIsraelTrip.com. That's SorboIsraelTrip.com. All the information is there. It's the 70th anniversary of the independence of, of Israel, and we have the best guides. You're going to have an amazing, amazing 10-day ride through, uh, through uh, the Holy Land. So and you got you and online. Sam are going to host? Sam and I are hosting it, yes. That sounds incredible. But what may, where was it? Where was the epiphany to sit down and you and Sam go, let's do this? Well, you know, it, 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 people have reached out to us. It's like the whole speaking things, you know? I mean, it's, uh, we've always wanted to go. And I think because of my tie-in with uh, the faith-based movie world and the, and the faith-based message I bring in my speaking events, um, we were reached out by these people that put together these one-of-a-kind trips. They're the best guides out there, and um, they said, we want to do something with you, and we want to you know, bring this out to the world and celebrate the 70th anniversary of Israel's independence. Would you guys be interested? So I said, well, heck yeah, we've always wanted to go. So we, we collaborated with them. We came up with a plan, came up with uh, things that we wanted to go and see and things that they normally go see. And so we came up with, with 10 days on this trip, and I hope people wow. enjoy it. So SorboIsraelTrip.com, you can check it out right there. You know, be part of it. And I've got three other movies that I'm booked for for this year, and I'm be directing one of them where I'm doing the next Left Behind movie up in uh, Toronto, Canada. And uh, I'll be starring in it, but also directing as well. So uh, I'm staying busy. When you're, when you're directing uh, and you're starring... Do you have a co-director that you can rely on? Or are you are you just the guy? I mean, who's who's? I I always have somebody. I always get a first AD that I really like and want to work with, and I you know he's the one that'll say um, action. I'll say cut on the set if I'm in the scene, um, but I don't want to be the one that says action because that'll take me out of the scene. I want to be re- ready to be whatever you know frame of mind I'm supposed to be in for that that particular moment. I mean, how do you prepare? I mean, how do you get ready? And and not only that, you got to deliver it in this natural. Uh, you know, perfect way uh, that your audience and viewer are going to understand that, you know, they, you know, you got to, they got to be able to interpret what you're doing and it's got to be real. So, I mean, what's your process and of going about remembering lines? Well, you know, I've been out a long time and I, you know, I got, uh, I had a minor in drama in college along with my double major marketing advertising. And uh, when I got here to LA, I studied under three different coaches over six years. And, uh, you know, there was a process you just go through. And when I read scripts, um, I read them, you know. I mean, I, I when I get a script, a new one uh, that somebody's offered me, um, if I read the first 20 pages and don't like it, I just pass on the project. But if I like it, I continue to read it. Once I've signed on, I, I, I'm very uh, into it. I, 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 I'm very detailed. My wife is very good at reading a script and saying, these are the five things wrong with the script. I read each scene and say, these are the five things that are wrong with the scene. You know, So I look for little details 
Um, it really comes down to writing. If you have got good writers, good writing, I find that easy to memorize. If it's clunky and awkward for me, I, I'll call the writers. I mean, I've got a short coming up here that I'm shooting soon, and there's a couple scenes in there. Some are just hilarious. Um, but this is my second one with this group of guys out of Vermont where we're doing a series of seven uh, short movies, all about 12 minutes long, 15 minutes long, and they really poke fun. The whole idea is poking fun at political correctness, and I love it. Yeah, how much, how much leeway do you get when you venture away from the script and just something feels different and you just go for it? Um, you talking about like ad-libbing and stuff yeah. like that? Yeah, I could have, I could have I, asked it I like had, that. I ad-libbed a lot in Hercules, but I, it wasn't a takeaway from the writers. I did that in my series Andromeda as well. I even do it in the movies I do. But I, um, you know, I, I make sure that it makes sense if I do it. I always look for the humor in things, too. So to me, it's always, always make something funny if, it's, if it makes sense to make it funny for that scene. And um, I, I definitely will ad lib, but for the most part, I stay I stay on page. You know, I, 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 I once I get it down, I get it down. I'm I'm pretty good at it. This whole I, thing, I, this whole process stresses me. We have been with uh, the wonderful, fabulous Kevin Sorbo. Uh, he is all over the map right now. Let there be light is out. Check it out on DVD. There's so many things going on in Kevin Sorbo's life that is leaving an, a positive impact, not only on the world but on kids. Uh, with his foundation and just so many things that are impressive uh, to be your friend, buddy. And I, I can't thank you enough for being on my show. I feel honored, sir. And you did mention my foundation. I'm on my 21st year. So if people want information, go to worldfitforkids.org. That's worldfitforkids.org. Well, it's just wonderful. I've been a part of uh, one or two years of that and, and your, your love affair for after-school programs and knowing the kids need to be uh, mentored after hours of school while some of the parents are working. Uh, it's it's like the most important time and crucial time for kids when they're growing up. So, uh, Kevin Sorbo, can't thank you enough. You are going to be outside of Mississippi Minute. Uh, we appreciate you. I'm Steve Azar. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.